Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one-of-a-kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. We do welcome you back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living, the weekly podcast featuring author, pastor, speaker, teacher, coach. Uh, what else do we put in there? Drake Hunter. Uh, you have a lot of hats you wear. Yes. You know, you know. one of the things I guess you can put in there is Wolfman Jack, if you're looking at my hair now, John. Yeah. It, was it Wolfman Jack? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, folks, you're not looking at me. You should see my hair I, and my beard. The, uh, it's, the <laughs> stay-at-home orders has uh, has allowed your hair to grow out. Yeah. So, so thank you. Thank you. It's always a privilege. But this week, it's my turn, isn't it? I, I get it. I kind of be in the host seat because, hey, you're the one that delivered the message last week, and what a brilliant job you did. So thank you for doing that. You gave me a break. And, and so you did a wonderful job. Well, thank you. And uh, the uh, the topic that I spoke on on Sunday that we're going to dive deeper into yes. here today is uh, one that you know people are familiar with and and know, but do they really? And that was kind of the point that I made on Sunday was uh, compassion. What does compassion mean? What does it mean yes. to be? compassionate, especially as a follower of Christ uh, living in this world, how do we um, understand compassion? How do we display it? And and are we a compassionate people? So um, I had my thoughts on it that I presented on Sunday, but I was hoping today that we could get more into uh, your thoughts on it, that wonderfully weird compassion. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the title of the message was Every Man Dies, Not Every Man Really Lives. And, of course, we can pinpoint that to the sense of if you are not living in that compassion, uh, with compassion, both, um, you're not really living. Mm-hmm. And and so so every man dies that if you, you're not living with compassion uh, in the character, in your makeup, and, and truly that's who you are, uh, especially as a Christian, you're missing the mark miserably because it is compassion that truly, when we think of Jesus, our faith, compassion uh, should come to mind first, the very, one of the very first things anyway. Well, I used John 10.10 10, yes. uh, as my core verse on Sunday where Jesus says, I have come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. That's right. And that compassion, uh, coming back to the title, every man li- dies but not every man really lives, where our compassion should help that other person to experience life more abundantly. Yes, and that's exactly Jesus's point there. And uh, you know that chapter, chapter ten is a remarkable, especially I think it's the first twenty. Is it? Well, it was ten, ten. So one through twenty-five actually, where Jesus is saying, you know, my sheep hear my voice, right. and you know, direction and focus, and then he leads right there. And and then of course the devil, as I preached last week, very noisy in your life, is going to try to get you distracted from, uh, of course, the the good shepherd trying to steal, kill, yeah. and. Destroy, as and, it says and, there in and what is it? Yeah, that the the noises uh, will create uh, a very uh, foggy experience, if you will, and take you out of compassion. 
and 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 Jesus understands that, of course, and we can never ever uh, lose that direction and focus, especially when it comes to compassion. One of the uh, points that I tried to make on Sunday, and I, I was hoping uh, we've spoken about this before here on the podcast, but yes. hoping to get into it a little bit more is that "be like me" attitude that you talk about in the book, and yes. how. Um, there's a couple of ways to look at that one uh, you know we tend to um, put ourselves in situations where we're only with people who are like us and those who tend to be different than us we say if only you would be like me yes i call it the blm method in the book uh, of course rather than be like christ and so yes we have a tendency because we have our biases our prejudice if you will our teachings and along with our relationships whatever that might be and experiences and then that becomes our little world and, and if we're if we're in that bubble and that's all we know. We're very subjective in the sense of our own little lives and stuff like that. Well, the only thing you're going to know and the only thing you're really going to feel uh, through, you know, uh, subjectively is is that. So what happens is people with good intent say, be like me because they believe everybody is like them, mm -hmm. <laughs> if I can put or, it that way. <laughs> or should be because my way is right. Yeah. And then, of course, why is that? Because they have trusted let's say sources in their life maybe it's mom and dad or uh, maybe it's that experience but they never really get outside of themselves and open up themselves to the world that god has created uh, so we'll say objective knowledge there uh, very uh self and that's uh, not self well, i guess it'd be selfish but subjective in nature and that's fine but that's only one-sided if you're subjective in who you are and you miss that uh, objectivity especially when it comes to trust you're gonna miss a whole lot and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be very prideful because isn't that tight boundaries you become very closed-minded and then what happens is you become overprotective or you uh, over supervise or over inspe whatever inspect whatever as I reveal in the book uh, then because it's just my feelings my intuition my gut feeling and then you're you're just now driven by that subjective understanding then you're going to just draw people in be like me because it worked for me well you're only one dot in the plan of god throughout all history and throughout all nature and all that boy we've got to break through that mentality the blm mentality and really open up as you shared with that very first point is you've got to start listening to other people's beliefs under uh, and understand other people are not you Right, right. And the goal is not to make everybody like you or, let's say, whatever your interest might be. So like you is just not that necessarily practical side of who you are. It's your heart, your mind, how you think. We want everybody to think like us if we're Democratic, uh, you know, uh, or is that right? Yeah. Democrat or Republican uh, Republican. Or yeah. mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a mess. The BLM method is... Um, it's it's destroying us as you can hear my tone folks uh, a little passionate about this one <laughs> well, let's open up <laughs> exactly and something that i found that helped me and and unfortunately it came to me later in life like within the last 10 years probably right. is just a one simple one word question and that is why and what I mean by that yeah. is not why don't you believe like I believe, but rather why is it that you believe 
what you believe and then let that lead yeah. to um, uh, diving more into what is your perspective? Yeah. Why do you believe what you believe? Not for the standpoint of you, um, you know, me becoming like you, but rather me understanding yeah. you. Yeah, understanding. And, you know, one of my, uh, let's say, one of my uh, tactful, uh, is it tact, mm -hmm. uh, is this, I, I try not to say no to people. No, no, no. You know how people do that. Uh, I say, interesting. And that, that triggers me to, uh, to listen, to continue my listening. Because don't we have a habit? Think about it. Next time, uh, you know, you're, you're speaking or somebody out there wa wants to do this, you know, how many times do you say no in a conversation and try to switch it to your advantage? Mm -hmm. Well, use a word like, well, that's interesting, and then continue to listen. Mm -hmm. uh, clear, you know, don't worry about those conversations going on in your mind, but be very active in your listening so that you can really use that, that, that word you, you just use, under, understand. Well, and with compassion, that whole, what you were just talking about, helps people, helps to draw people out yeah. So that now we can begin to build relationships. That's right. I like what you said on Sunday. You know, there's a difference between compassion and empathy. Uh, they're, they're similar, but they're not. So, you know, let's, let's kind of go into that because mm -hmm. I, I was so intrigued by that uh, thought, that, that uh, part of the message. So, and it's very important that we understand that they are different, but they work together. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we can understand that, then we'll, we'll, we'll really have that advantage, if you will, in the sense of really living a life that's going to be uh, good for everyone. So let's start with understanding. Another word for understanding is empathy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a lot of people kind of miss that sometimes because uh, it's just having the ability to step into somebody else's experience. Now, we can say feelings or whatever that is, interest or whatever, but having that ability to truly understand. But then we're listening, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Because it's at that point we have to listen because we have to make the decision. We pray in faith. That means we have a belief system in place, but we also want to take some action. And then it's with that action, uh, we're listening, then we're like, what can I do in this situation to really help uh, alleviate the, the uh, alleviate, alleviate. Mm -hmm. hello, <laughs> uh, the suffering that's happening? How can, I, how can I really be a help and support and truly understand? So that's where compassion comes in, and that's, that's exactly how you define it. That's how you defined it on Sunday. So compassion is truly uh, helping or supporting or relieving that suffering that somebody's going through. You're, you're part of that support system. As you were talking about that, it took me back to the book of Job. Oh, and, yes. There uh, you go. <laughs> Job's three friends. Yeah, I knew and, where you going there. And for seven days, <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they were very empathetic. They just sat with him. They yes. didn't offer any solutions at that point, but they were in uh, in the situation with him, in the yeah, feeling with point. him. Uh, but then it kind of went off the rails where uh, their compassion became a be like me compassion rather exactly than me right. getting outside of myself and seeing what is it that you need. Yes, that's exactly right. And and they, they, they missed the mark of compassion there. They, mm -hmm. they hit the understanding or the empathy, completely missed the mark based on, again, their opinions – Mm -hmm. What they've been taught, I uh, got the quotes up there, uh, and of course their relationships and what we talk about all the time, the experiences, and and of course uh, you know here comes Job, 
uh, job, as my granddaughter puts it, <laughs> but comes along and says, you know, appreciate it, but however, I'm going to be, I'm going to ground myself on this position, this, this position of God. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and, and it's, you know, Joe basically saying to his friends, uh, I appreciate you trying to help, but you really didn't listen to me at all. At all. And, and notice that, you know, I'd encourage people to go back and, and read the book of Job, but his attitude is all over the place, his character, but his position never changed. Right. And, and, and you know, that's, we have to understand that because uh, life is dynamic, and we are going to have emotions and moments of anger and all this other stuff, and we forgive and everything else. But the, the one thing that uh, the book of Job is that, can I say, philosophy or position in life that uh, you know, the devil and God is kind of arguing over. You're just not going to knock Job off that position because it is uh, the position that he owned and he believes in, mm-hmm. and nothing is going to knock him off. And if you know the story, it's it's quite radical. But again, the whole point is making sure you're grounded in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's another picture that just came to my mind. Of course, this past weekend, or yesterday was Memorial Day as yes. we record this. So the flag may change the way it's blowing based upon the wind, but yes. the pole never moves. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And a great analogy. Yeah. So you used a word uh, before we started recording that I want to bring into the conversation here as we're talking about opening up to others' beliefs and <laughs> perspectives. Yes. And that word you used is courage. Yes. Another and C word. Yeah, and and just the sheer amount of courage it takes to purposely step outside of your comfort zone and step into that world that somebody else is living. And we go to Isaiah again. One of my you know one of my verses I my go to every time is Isaiah chapter eleven, and you have those different elements or uh, aspects of who uh, Jesus, who we're expecting to. <laughs> Uh, uh, come and, and be the savior of the world in the Old Testament. And one of those is courage. Uh, Jesus had the courage to step outside of his own selfishness, if you will, and truly step into uh, the kingdom being God-centered rather than self-centered. And it takes a lot of courage to do exactly that, as we see with the Good Samaritan uh, in the story that you shared on Sunday, and, and most are familiar with that. You know, how much courage did it take that Samaritan you know, just a picture of Jesus, but the how much courage did it take to really offer uh, the help, the support, practically, mentally, emotionally, everything? It it takes a lot of courage, and that should be the makeup of every Christian out there. That we have to have the courage to really meet the 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 reality that comes our way, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, we must have the courage to meet the call of whatever reality is. We call it a calling. I like how Henry Cloud puts it. He says you must have the courage to meet the demands of reality is how he puts it. Mm-hmm. But that demand is nothing more than the calling that is yours. And so what is the demand? You've got to have courage if you're going to meet uh, – uh, the demand of that reality. In fact, the other day I had somebody call the other day. I had a, a pretty crazy situation happening and uh, uh, a 
a person who was radically uh, out of control because of the reality she she was in. And what happened was, you know, I said, well, let me, if you come and talk with me, uh, I said, I could really help you with some of this reality. She kind of, that triggered her, and she freaked out. You want to know reality and all this and yada, 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 yada. And so she lost it because her, her mindset, very one-sided, was, you know, reality sucks is what she was saying. But we have to understand that God has given us a call. Whatever reality comes our way, good and negative, positive, whatever, we've got to have the courage to meet the reality of of whatever that is. Does that make sense? And the courage to learn how to be content in that, as the Apostle Paul says. Yeah, content on how God designed you, going back now to Wonderfully Weird, and then also developing the character uh, of Christ in our life based on that foundation. And somewhere we're hidden behind all of that, and we're truly carrying out the plan of God. It takes courage. And and so my point there was, I, I think, uh, let's, let me bring in uh, an experience that I'm going through now on the uh, positive side of reality. Well, right now, as you well know, I'm uh, relaunching Four Dimensional Living, which is the parent company to Wonderfully Weird and all of that. That's the brand. But uh, there's a lot of demands that are coming with that goodness that Mm -hmm. you have to meet and it takes a lot of courage to truly uh, get those uh, goals in place and projects and getting people together uh, and and just moving forward so my whole point here is let's not misinterpret reality Mm -hmm. and yes there's toxic reality or negative reality but all all that what we have to do there is we must have enough character to to meet and face those negative realities so that we can truly learn, be resilient, and get through it, get through the cross, if you will, so that we can get to the other side, so that we can experience a different reality, a good one, as the good shepherd. Let's follow the good shepherd as we see in John 10. And so, yes, courage, courage, courage on both sides of uh, that discussion, because oftentimes we'll step up and have courage when it's very toxic. Well, that's true, but let's make sure that it's more of an integrity concept rather than one side or the other. Does that make sense, John? Absolutely. Okay. Good. So uh, let's let's take it the next step here then, and, and you've talked about this a little bit as we've gone along here, but actively listening, and of course last week you did a brilliant job here on the podcast of talking about what that means to yes. actively listen. I brought that into the message then on Sunday. So let's talk about it from the standpoint of uh, that next step after you've stepped out and you've you've opened yourself up to others' beliefs and perspectives, just like we saw with Job's friends. Right. But then the second part of that is actively listening or listening well. Yes, and and there's isn't there two sides because of course last week we focused on I'm listening to you, but in the military there there's this listening known as situational awareness because we got to listen to the environment, we've got to listen to of course God and and bring that into uh, the sense of whatever that reality is for us in our culture and all that. So we have to actively listen, uh, not just on one plane but on 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 different planes where we're listening to God to the environment the culture, everything, and, and it, it becomes a skill. It becomes, uh, you know, you got to develop that ability so that then you can be discerning, and then then you make proper or good choices with, uh, we'll say, the best choice you can make with active listening. And that's the next step, isn't it? I've got to make a choice. I'm either going to accept it or reject it, but if I accept it, 
then that's where we move forward to really put things in place, motivation and all that, uh, conviction and whatever. That's a whole other discussion. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, an, a, an ability to actively listen. And then, of course, you actively listen is understanding your roles and responsibility, too. Because a lot of people want to listen, and it's not your place. Mm-hmm. But yet they want to jump in there because they're breathing right not realizing well you got different roles you got different responsibilities nothing wrong with listening but make sure you have permission rather than projecting or rationalizing or being very defensive about it as well so active listening uh yeah it it, there's there's much to it and i'd ask everybody to lean into that because uh we need to actively listen. But the way you do that, first and foremost, is you got to repent, go back to the command of Christ, and say, okay, hey, I do have a, a habit of not listening and not really leaning into somebody else with different beliefs or who, who, don't, who doesn't think like me. So, yeah, there's a lot to that. Right. And so active listening is critical. And think about it. Uh, your role, your personal relationship with God your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your family, your friends, your relationship with the church. It's its just... Even with yourself. Well, yeah, that, that's that personal relationship with yeah. God. Yeah, with yourself. And making sure that, yeah, those voices in your head are lining up with the personal God that you committed to and you're engaged in. Mm-hmm. But be careful with that, too, because we can become closed off with those voices sure. in our head. And we got to listen to that as well. You're absolutely right on that. And so, yes, active listening along with, of course, being open-minded let's call Mm -hmm. it what it is Uh, people are so scared of that term well uh, open-mindedness does not mean you're going to accept it right (laughs) well you're going to listen with discernment no no judgment or any choice so whatever you've been taught (laughs) with that open-mindedness just realize that's just opening your your mind and in your life up to listening so that you can be discerning and then make good choices uh, that could right be right there in front of you or it could be later on. Who knows? A line that I had in the message on Sunday and uh, talking about actively listening, I said, compassion can come in many forms, but it doesn't typically come with a lot of words. And a couple of old sayings yeah. that I attached to that was, actions speak louder than words. Right. And number two, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. You know when you said that, John, this is what came to my mind. Ready? Command of Christ. Pray uh, in faith. Mm-hmm. Because we know this, if you've been at Elevating Life Church, you know there's two sides to faith. Pray, that's direction and focus. But then on the other side of that, we can say belief with that too, but on the other side of that is action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I shared this last Thursday on our United We Pray segment, and going, it's great. We can sit there and pray, talk, uh, move air around with all of our words and stuff. But if you're praying without actively listening, and then not actively doing something, I can fulfill this need. Well, then you're knocking half of the faith. So you think of uh, you know Hebrews chapter eleven, all these men of faith. They believed. They, they they were focused. They had the right direction with God the Father. We see this with Job, and then they took action. Mm-hmm. They did something. 
And sometimes it was wrong, but then they would repent, come back, and do the right thing. Right, and depending on that wrongness, because if we don't know, we don't know. Right. It could be that opportunity that you do gain knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, but the challenge is not falling or being derailed by that. In using, first and foremost, forgiveness for yourself, because oftentimes don't we beat ourselves up when mm-hmm. we we make a, a, we take a wrong action? Uh, and then we ask for that forgiveness for ourselves or with God or others, whatever that is. But at least you did something. Doing something, I want people to think about it this way. This, this is going to be radical, but let's think about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Doing, moving, mm-hmm. forward. Jesus said, there's going to be another that follows me. That's activity moving forward. Well, if you think about it, right or wrong, you still have motion. Now, if you have the right heart and you're thinking and you're developing and you're growing, that's just going to be a learning moment. And the Holy Spirit's going to use that, come together, and you're going to perform in a way that gives God the glory and expands his kingdom. So that's powerful in itself because most people misunderstand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's action. And it's uh, right or wrong. Well, the, God says, well, wait a sec. You live in a redeemed time. That's the time I've given you with grace and truth, as you mentioned on Sunday. And saying, okay, that will give you the action, the Holy Spirit. That's the whole relationship with God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you're going to move forward and you're going to be fruitful. And you're going to multiply. And then you're going to subdue it, as Genesis 1 puts it, and that the subdue the world with the power of God, mm-hmm. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this that leads right into uh, the third point that I made on Sunday, and that is mm-hmm. rise up and move. In other words, uh, put boots on the ground, put action behind <laughs> your, your compassion. Right. You know, let's... Uh, I'll use my own experience because I'm in the midst of this. I can dream about four-dimensional living. I can dream about a book called Four-Dimensional Living. Uh, or, or we can dream about Elevating Life Church. And we can have another Bible study. We can pray about it. And we can do all of that. But that not that – that's theory. Mm-hmm. That's theoretical. Paralysis of analysis comes to mind. And we can live there. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. And that's passive. Yeah, very, very passive. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, then we are satisfied with that without putting any action in place. And we miss the faith altogether because it's not only imagination, theory, you know, however, whatever term you want to use there. It's also doing. What are you doing? Well, I'm too scared because I might fail. Or I'm too, uh, I don't want to upset anybody. You're not doing anything. And uh, you and I, we're doers. Mm -hmm. But we also understand the other side that you do have to pray. You do have to reflect. You do have to meditate. You have to put all this uh, spiritual disciplines in place and then bring that together and do it. Paul says, I pray uh, with everything. And that everything is putting uh, the theory or the the imagination, whatever you would, again, want to put there with that action, right or wrong. And the wonderful thing is if if it is wrong, well, with the right mindset, you're just going to make some adjustments and make it right Mm -hmm. uh, for for everyone. And that's where compassion comes back in because isn't compassion just I've got your back no matter what. 
and it comes down to that. And then living together, it's not a one plus one plus one mentality. It's a one times one times one mentality where you're living together in that interest and in that suffering and everything. And then there's the bigger picture of compassion, or we can say the picture of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, radical. Rise up and move. And isn't that the challenge uh, oftentimes? And I take full responsibility here because if people aren't moving, then the leaders probably needs to make some adjustments to, to help uh, create that motion, put it in place so that we're doing something. Our vision is to create a movement so big uh, for Jesus Christ. If we were gone tomorrow, this is for the Elevating Life Church, that they would miss us because that's life. But notice movement is activity rise up and move and of course you wrote that song for for that period of time and it's still very popular in our church so rise up and move that's part of the faith in fact i'm going to say uh leans heavy on our faith we've got to put activity we we can do think about it for another 20 years let's do something about it well and the the picture that came to me and i use this in the message is going back to the the good samaritan story where you had the religious leaders who um, were walking by on the other side, and you know, and yes. and in my mind, I imagine them saying like we tend to do, "Hey, I hope you feel better. I'll be praying for you." Yeah. Very passive. Where you had the Samaritan who said, "I'm going to help yeah. you," and be very careful about being passive aggressive. That means, that, let's say uh, somebody does walk by that in that same experience, and they say, "I want to help. I'll be back." But they never come back. Right, that's right. passive aggressive, and boy, uh, we've—that's kind of a disease in the church right now, uh, in, in the Christian understanding. Yes, 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 yes. People pleasers, right? Yes, yes, yes. In front of you, but then uh, you don't keep your word. Uh, some priority knocks you off. Uh, well, one of the commands is go the second mile. Keep your word. Now, if it's a mistake or something happens, like you know, I, I'll think of uh, a situation. Uh, you and I had a couple months ago where, hey, John, I told you I'd do this, but I had this crazy situation happen with my son, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I can't do this. Can you help me out? Sorry, or whatever that was. And you're like, yeah, you, you just communicate. Right. And you work it out. That's and you, that compassion. You, yeah. I've got your back. You've got mine. Rather than being passive-aggressive where, you know, assumption <clears throat> or just like, ah, they'll figure it out. They don't really need my – yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> I want to kind of finish up with a uh, – a quote that I used in the message from the author Ralph Waldo Emerson, and I thought this was brilliant. He said, the purpose of life is not to be happy, it is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. And let me add on to that my own, that is happiness. So if we're searching for happiness, we're not going to get it. But if we uh, try to be live our lives to uh, serve others and to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate to others, through that, we truly find happiness. Yeah, and, and let me share this. You know, when you say happiness, what comes to my mind is servanthood. Mm-hmm. Because we are to use what God has given us. In, in the sense of that purpose he's created us, and it's through that purpose, that definition is perfect with your uh, understanding. Now we get to serve. So that means somebody gets to experience us in the, in the sense of that servanthood. We can even say the, the fruit that's produced because of what you're doing. And then they step into your experience, and they get to experience that, and it makes them happy. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, what's the opposite of happiness is joy. You get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it's again going back to what we've talked about is that antithesis of joy and happiness working in that in that in that perfect um, antithesis where you're going to hit the sweet spot, which is purpose, right in between there, and then boom, there's your purpose. Yeah, it, as, that was a great quote, and, and even what you just added was just even more brilliant. So, absolutely. So we got to live to truly and, and and people just don't understand this quite yes our service in fact i'm going to be writing the devotion next week on this be servant to all mm-hmm. is to truly when people uh experience who you are in the sense of of your faith and in that purpose that god has given you that you create happiness uh it's not always positive sometimes you got to do negative so that in the long run you do create that happiness but you're still on the right track. Happiness is not defined as the world defines. It's what I'm trying right. to say there. Right. There's a difference between God's happiness and the world's happiness. Amen to that. Well, I want to leave folks with these three uh, challenges, if you will, that come from uh, what we talked about today. Number one, what beliefs, traditions, opinions, etc., hinder you from opening up to and working to understand others' beliefs? traditions, opinions, etc. Number two, how can you practice active listening? And number three, what steps can you take today, and I have today in big letters, to begin building relationships outside of your own comfort zone? That's rise up and move. Yes. Yeah, brilliant questions. Can't even add to them. Well, it's been a wonderfully weird podcast, which is uh, good because that's what it's called. So uh, as always, it's a huge pleasure to uh, sit and pick your brain for a half hour or so, Drake. And and uh, I sure hope that uh, people take advantage of this opportunity to uh, to learn and to grow a little bit more in this greenhouse uh, atmosphere that we call wonderfully weird living. Because <laughs> I know I never fail to come away without having gleaned something new that I can chew on through the week and go, oh, okay, let me add that into my knowledge bank. Yes, uh, and that's the hope, isn't it? it we, we have this very light conversation, and, and, it, and it's done intentionally so that you can hear our heart, also how we think uh, just uh, you know, spontaneously. But you know, I hope, our hope is that through the smorgasbord of information we give you that there's there's that nugget and there's there are some good nuggets today i promise you go back and listen to that and grab on to perhaps what john says or, or i said and and just add it uh you know lay up those treasures if you will uh, so that you can truly live just a good wonderful life with jesus and others well it was so much fun today i say we do it again next week okay We'll meet back here, same bat time, same bat channel, as they used to say. I would say amen to that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Drake, thank you so much. And uh, we will be back next week with Wonderfully Weird Living. Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.